Okay, so this is the Cafe American Podcast. I'm your host, Christian D. George, and we are on location at a bar in Arizona because I don't want to be home, so we're just going to do a podcast from here. Now, whether or not you can hear me because of all the cars and everything else, who knows, but we're going to try it out and see if it works, and if it does, maybe we'll do it again uh, more often. So there's a lot of things that are going on right now. Most importantly is the big shakeup within Donald Trump's administration. Uh, But before we get into all of that, there's something that's immensely important. If all of you remember the Michael Steele dossier, or the Christopher Steele dossier, not Michael Steele, uh, Christopher Steele dossier, uh, this is the one where the Democrats uh, via, via 4chan decided to create some stupid dossier about Donald Trump pissing on beds in hotel rooms that uh, Obama stayed at. Uh, And it it was all made up as an insurance policy, according to Peter Stroke, so that if Hillary Clinton lost the election, she'd be able to go after them in some sort of way. Well, it turns out that even though this dossier was never confirmed and it was never, ever really vetted, according to Comey, as of two weeks ago, uh, and by the way, the date is December 20th, so right around Christmas time. Uh, the, the Christopher Steele dossier was never vetted, so it's all hearsay. We don't even know if it's real or not. And for some reason, it was leaked to the media. It was re- uh, leaked to BuzzFeed. And it we find out that this week, that that reprobate, that hunched over piece of shit, John McCain, he is the one that leaked the Christopher Steele dossier to the media. And this is supposed to be a classified document that no one else can ever see, ever, until this investigation is all over with. But for some reason, John McCain and his decrepit, maldeformed body decided that uh, it's okay to do that because he didn't like Donald Trump, didn't like Hillary Clinton better. Uh, he leaked classified information to the press. So you know what? He's dead, good riddance, and fuck him. Uh, that, so that's the, the important thing here, and we're starting to see more and more of this conspiracy break down. And yes, I will say conspiracy because that's exactly what it fucking is. Uh, I'm not a pro-Trump guy, but on the, at the same time, I'm pro-human and anti-bullshit. Well, that's a loud car. And there is a loud... Uh, a loud. <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit going on here. Uh, coupled with that, we find that Mueller, uh, he is, or was in charge of uh, seeing what happened to Peter Stroke's iPhone and also Lisa Page's iPhone. Now, here's the important thing about Peter Stroke. Peter Stroke was one of the people that influenced the whole Mueller investigation and the Russiagate thing. He was aligned with Comey and Bruce Orr, who worked with Fusion GPS, who was responsible for obtaining the Christopher Steele dossier. Now, the Christopher Steele dossier was nothing more than something else that... uh, something that... uh, former intelligence agents that are aligned with former Russian agents created to go after Trump. Well, it turns out that Mueller, who was in charge of finding out what really went on, what really went on behind closed doors with Donald Trump, he deleted 19,000 text messages from Peter Stroke's iPhone and also Lisa Page's phone. And we're supposed to believe that Mueller is completely altruistic. And this was released on December 13th uh, in a report uh, that was given to Congress from the Justice Department that, oh yeah, Mueller's investigation decided to just 
delete 19,000 text messages from people that are clearly biased against Trump. So Stroke, you know, he says things that he wants an insurance policy and he'll stop Trump and he's going to be responsible for upholding the values of the United States. Yeah, through conspiracy. Now, here's something else that you may or may not know about Donald Trump. Uh, oh, here's another thing, another text that Stroke said. I can't pull away. What the fuck happened to our country? And Lisa Page says, I don't know, but we'll get it back. So Stroke and Page, they are a couple of lovebirds within the FBI, and oddly enough, they're both married. So they're having extramarital affairs with each other while they're both <laughs> married. Uh, Lisa Page says, and maybe you're meant to stay where you are in the FBI because you're meant to protect this country from that menace, meaning Donald Trump. I can protect our country at many levels. Not sure if that helps, Peter Stroke says. Now, here's the funny thing about Peter Stroke. Peter Stroke is married to a woman, oddly enough. And his wife, by law, is or was the assistant director of the SEC at the time. Immediately after, uh, what's his face, uh, Stroke has a meeting about what went on with Donald Trump and Michael Flynn, his wife is promoted to the director of the SEC. Now, what's important about this is that the director of the SEC is the one that is responsible for determining whether or not cases and accusations and lawsuits can be brought against uh, ind uh, individuals or uh, companies. Now, why this is important? Well, if she is in charge of the SEC, then we have private corporations that are donating to the Clinton Foundation. And if they're donating to the Clinton Foundation, that means that this, uh, the, being these companies, being that they're under, or being that they're private companies or publicly traded companies donating to a, a supposed foundation and 501c3 organization, uh, like the Clinton Foundation, they can be charged with conspiracy and pay to play like they donated a lot of funds to the Hillary Clinton found or the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton initiatives over the years. And so under the SEC, Peter Stroke's wife could then bring lawsuits to these private corporations or publicly traded companies and say, hey, we know what you're doing here. You're donating to Hillary Clinton to get sweetheart deals in other countries. Well, being, being that Peter Stroke is for Hillary Clinton and against Donald Trump in every sort of way, doesn't that make it convenient that Peter Stroke's wife is now in charge to determine whether or not a case can be brought against the Clinton Foundation or a company that has donated to the Clinton Foundation? Yeah, so that's... that's <laughs> How serendipitous, right? So, yeah, of course. Yes, Peter Stroke's wife is clearly in a position of power to determine whether or not the Clinton Foundation will be investigated for pay-to-play and using private funds uh, or, uh, I shouldn't say that, or to, to say donated funds are going to be used for private endeavors like Bill Clinton taking the Lolita Express care of Jeffrey Epstein to an island to fiddle with underage teens. So naturally, Donald Trump gets pissed off at this, and he tweeted, biggest outrage yet in the long, winding, and highly conflicted Mueller witch hunt in the fact that 19,000 demanded text messages between Peter Stroke and his FBI lover Lisa Page were purposely and illegally deleted would have explained whole hoax, which is now under protest. So Mueller... <laughs> 
So Mueller got the jump on the game and deleted 19,000 text messages that could clearly show that there's a conspiracy against Donald Trump. Now, the Christopher Steele dossier, the quote-unquote insurance policy, which we may actually find out that the insurance policy is his wife, because if his wife is the one that's in charge of determining whether or not the Clinton Foundation should be investigated, well, of course it's not going to be investigated because she's on Peter Stroke's side and Peter Stroke is on Clinton's side. So no, this isn't going to go anywhere. So the Christopher Steele dossier, it's all a farce. And Comey, behind his closed door uh, testimony, which the transcripts were released, said that the Christopher Steele dossier was never vetted and it was never validated. So to this day, two years after the fact, it's all based on nonsense. It's hearsay. It's never been investigated. It's never been vindicated. It's never been validated. It's all made up. And so this Christopher Steele dossier was then used by the FBI. It was also used by John McCain. It was also used by uh, John Clapper and John Brennan. And they, uh, I don't know if it's John Clapper, but Clapper and Brennan, who was the head of the NSA and the CIA, respectively, uh, it was used by them for circular evidence. So all of them were citing this Christopher Steele dossier, but taking snippets from it and pretending as though they were getting the same information that they were uh, grafting from the Christopher Steele dossier from different sources and then portraying it as, oh my God, there's a conspiracy within the United States. Russia is going to take over. And then they would submit this these uh, clips from the Christopher Steele dossier to the FISA courts. And the FISA courts allowed and signed off, thanks to uh, Rosenstein, who's still with the Mueller investigation, by the way, uh, to spy on American citizens in real time. Uh, all because they didn't like the guy. All because they didn't like Donald Trump. And all because they wanted Hillary Clinton to win. I mean, this is a vast conspiracy. They talk about how... Um, how Watergate is a big deal. This is nothing compared to Watergate. This blows Watergate out of the quote-unquote water. Uh, the <laughs> so we also find out that Christopher Steele, from Christopher Steele, the one who created the whole dossier, he says that he was paid for by the Clinton folks so that it would be an insurance policy that Hillary Clinton and her ilk would be able to contradict and go after Donald Trump just in case he won the election. According to Christopher Steele, based on that evidence, parties such as the DNC and uh, Hillary Clinton for America would consider steps that would be legally entitled to take to challenge the validity of the outcome of the election. So this whole thing, this whole dossier was concocted based on hearsay and a 4chan joke board just in case Hillary Clinton lost the election. And it, it, it worked. She lost the election. And now they're trying to... <laughs> to get this guy out of office based on nothing. There's no, no, nothing here. The other part of this that we see that they're trying to uh, close the noose here, or tighten the noose, I should say, is uh, the, <coughs> excuse me, the indictment of Michael Flynn. He was the former uh, person that Trump elected. So Michael Flynn, excuse me while I take a drink. Michael Flynn uh, was nailed by Mueller, but he wasn't nailed by Mueller because of Russia. He was nailed by Mueller because 
he was taking money from the Turks and he was going to allow the Turks to basically determine the policy that he would recommend to the President of the United States. So it, one, it's good that Michael Flynn got nailed on this because why would somebody within the President's circle be allowed to be influenced by a foreign country? Hello, dual citizens. I'm looking at one country based in the Levant that they do this constantly with. And they do this in the president's circle all the time for the past, I don't know, six presidents or six administrations. So Michael Flynn was nailed on this. Now, the way he was nailed on this is ridiculous. What happened was, was that Comey sent over Peter Stroke and another agent. I said this in another podcast. And they said, Flynn, look, we, we have some questions for you. Don't worry about having your lawyer in the room. As soon as we get this over with, the better it is going to be for everybody involved. So don't worry about it. It's going to be just, you know, a few conversations, a few questions, and you'll be on your way. So naturally, Flynn said no problem because he knows everybody. And what happened was is that they were spying on Flynn. And if Flynn did not answer the questions exactly and verbatim for the transcripts, then he was going to be nailed for lying to the FBI. And that's where all of this started. So the problem is, is that the FBI interrogated Flynn, but they didn't tell him that this was going to be an on-the-record conversation. Now, Flynn is an idiot because if you're talking to FBI agents in the White House, you should naturally assume that it is, in fact, an on-the-record conversation. So if, if Peter Stroke, who interviewed Flynn, and the other guy who interviewed Flynn, essentially said that we don't think Flynn is lying about interaction with Russian agents or interference with Russia or interference by Russia in a 2016 election. Now there's a 302 document. Now a 302 document is when an FBI agent interviews somebody, they have to have a record of it. Now the 302 document wasn't completed until 6 months later. So they interviewed Flynn, and then six months later, they decided to complete the 302 document from memory. And the person who completed this document from memory is Peter Stroke. So yeah, what could possibly go, <laughs> go wrong here, right? So do you see how this is all nonsense? Do you see how all this is nonsense? It's a game, and Michael Flynn is not doing anything to dispute any of the charges against him, which is critical because... The judge said, well, do you believe that this is treason? And he said, no, I'm going to abide by all of the charges that are thrown against me or the indictments that are thrown against me. I'm not going to contest any of them. Why? Because, because he took a deal with Mueller. So when you take a deal with somebody, you don't exactly admit to whatever it is that you actually did. You just say, yeah, sure, I did this and I'm going to get a lower sentence. It's just like traffic court. You go in for speeding and they drop it to jaywalking. I've had that done many times. Not many times, but a few times. So the same thing happened to Michael Flynn. Now, if Comey, the director of the FBI, is this altruistic person who is this rock-hard pillar of justice that has the American interests in mind throughout the whole time, and he suspects a conspiracy uh, uh, from foreign nations to infiltrate the White House, and he, his little butt boy, Peter Stroke, interviewed Flynn, and supposedly, if we're going with the narrative that Mueller created, that Flynn is compromised by the Turks, why wouldn't FBI Director Comey feel the need to inform the President of the United States that his, one of his nominees, Flynn, is compromised by a foreign country? Right. Exactly. 
So Comey doesn't believe it's necessary to inform the president of the United States that he has a spy in his circle. But for some reason, he doesn't mention that. It doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't make any sense because there's a conspiracy against him. So the other thing, this big, big deal, enormous deal, is Mattis. Mattis has decided to quit. And it's very interesting because Donald Trump tweeted today that, and this is very, very important, that he's going to withdraw from Syria. Now, when, was, when did anybody hear that the United States was going to invade Syria? That's the first problem. The second problem is that all of these warmongers from the Democrat side and the Republican side are up in arms about this. They don't want the United States to withdraw from Syria. And there's a couple of reasons why. The first reason is that the United States is, in fact, involved in a proxy war. And what they did was that they toppled Libya and they... They, th out, they overthrew Gaddafi. And by doing that, they transferred all the chemical weapons, the biological weapons, to Turkey and Qatar and Saudi Arabia so that they can in turn fund and support and arm ISIS. So ISIS is nothing more than an American proxy uh, army and mercenary force. And also Al-Qaeda is in Syria. Israel has supported Al-Qaeda and ISIS. That's another question you have to ask yourself. If ISIS is a Muslim fundamentalist group, how come the only people they ever kill are other Muslims? Right? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So, all of a sudden, uh, Syria is thrown up in this massive civil war. And they're, they're trying to create the mantra that this is nothing more than a grassroots uprising. You have the white helmets, which are nothing more than Al-Qaeda agents that are using laser-guided or, or laser weapons to guide in missiles for American airstrikes against uh, the Syrian army forces. All right. And then you have Turkey who decided to invade northern Syria. And then all of a sudden the United States invades northeast Syria. And why? Because that is where most of the oil in Syria is. Now, here's another interesting headline. There was a lot of Americans doing archaeological digs throughout the northern part of Syria. Now, why would they do that? They would do that because they're looking for ancient technology. And this ancient technology is far more powerful than any sort of weapon of mass destruction. We're talking about energy weapons here. And uh, this, is, this is massive. So they found whatever it is they're looking for. And then all of a sudden Trump said, forget it, we're out. And now everybody in NBC, MSNBC, the supposed party of peace and the Democrats and the Republicans, they're up in arms that an American president decided to terminate and conclude a war that was illegally started by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton by withdrawing to Iraq. Now, at the same time, we hear rumors that ISIS and Al-Qaeda are on the rise in central Iraq. And the reason for that is that they're going to go after Iran and use the same proxy war technique that they, did, that they tried to do in Syria to go after Iran and overthrow Iran. So the other part of this is that Trump said, forget about Afghanistan. You guys had you guys have two years to do whatever you want. And I supported you in any sort of way. And now we're going to reduce the troop level in Afghanistan by half. So if we're going to drop it from 14,000 people to 7,000 people, you can't imagine the uproar about this. And it's so bad that Mattis decided to quit. The defense secretary, James Mattis, has put in his letter of resignation, and he his last day is going to be February 28th of 2019 because he feels as though this is going to be enough time for Trump to find a replacement. 
and get their feet wet. And so everybody is jerking off and diddling themselves about how courageous Mattis is for abandoning Trump at this time. And no, that's not it at all. It's because Mattis is a warmonger. It's because all these people want war. They have a vested interest in this. And all these senators and representatives, they're up in arms about this because the Boeings and the Northrop Grummans and the Sikorskys, they have businesses and warehouses and factories in almost everybody's state. And they are the largest donors to all of these schmucks and sluts within the government's uh, elected offices. So, of course, they need their bread buttered by the defense industry. I should say the war industry. So now everybody is up in arms. Everybody is abandoning Trump. And he said more than 7,000 American troops will begin to return home from Afghanistan in the coming weeks, a U.S. official said, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. The move will come as the first stage of a phased drawdown and the start of a conclusion uh, to the 17-year war that officials could take at least many months. There now are more than 14,000 troops in Afghanistan. Yeah, so you had a president that said... You have two years to do whatever you need to do. Now get out. And they didn't do what they needed to do. It was more uh, warfare in perpetuity. There's no clear objective. It's just constant chaos and more bases for America and more funding and more losses and more deaths. And now everybody is crazy. They're up in arms because this person decided to terminate two wars, essentially. Now, like I said, I'm not a Trump supporter in any sort of way. But you got to give the guys some credit for ending these wars. Uh, the big thing that everyone is trying to hump here with the Mattis uh, resignation letter is this quote here. Because you have the right to have a Secretary of Defense whose views are better aligned with yours on these and other subjects. And he's talking about not abandoning northern Syria and not withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. Uh, I believe it is right for me to step down from my position, the end date for my tenure, so on and so forth. So basically, he said, I don't agree with your policy of withdrawing troops from wars we shouldn't be in and being in places that we shouldn't be in. And so the other part to this is that American generals in Afghanistan have said last month, you could find this. I think the guy's name was uh, General Scott. He said that there is no military solution to Afghanistan. This has to be political because Al-Qaeda and uh, what, what's the other people over there? Not Al-Qaeda. The Taliban. Taliban. They have won over the hearts and minds of the people of, of Afghanistan. There's no way you're going to bomb them into submission. This has to be done through a political method. And that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what happened. what's happening. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, oh, fine. This is this is fun. So everyone is uh, upset about the Trump wall, which is nothing more than slats and gaps. And so he said, I'm not going to sign any sort of funding bill unless there is something about a wall in there. And Chuck Schumer decided to play tough. And he's an idiot. He's a smug jackass. He always has those stupid reading glasses at the bridge of his nose. And he pretends to be uh, very, very altruistic and he's so for the minorities and people in new york and new york City. no he's not he's for the bankers he doesn't give a shit about anybody else so it turns out that the house 
has decided to pass the funding bill, which includes $5.7 billion for a wall on the border of Mexico. So it seems as though Trump has actually won, won the battle in the House. Now, whether it passes the Senate is another story, so we'll have to wait and see for that. And in response to this, George Soros, the person who has been outlawed in a number of countries for screwing with their currencies and tanking their economies, and by the way, George Soros somehow, I'm sure with the help of the New York Times and his son Alexander, made Fortune Magazine's Person of the Year for 2018 through his philanthropic organizations, even though George Soros is nothing more than an agent provocateur and responsible for many, many quote-unquote grassroots organizations, which they're not grassroots, they're really, uh, they basically go into other countries and generate coups uh, for George Soros. Um, he has decided to donate $1.35 million, million or billion, million, million dollars to uh, basically fund various law firms so that they can start suing Donald Trump for various reasons. So a lot of this has to do with George Soros. And finally, and finally, uh, this is going to be a big deal. So we are on the cusp of a massive, massive shift energetically. So when we have a solar minimum, which is about where we are right now, which a solar minimum is nothing more than sunspots uh, not being as prevalent as they normally are. So we have a global cooling incident, essentially. And so when we go into these global coolings and solar minimums, basically what happens is the human species goes through a massive shift. And that is the reason why you're seeing all of these uh, these all this tension everywhere so it's an energetic shift people are going to start thinking differently and I it's great that all these Democrats and leftists and never Trumpers finally realize that the government doesn't speak for them but the problem is, is that they truly believe that the Democrats are altruistic and the Democrats have the right idea which they don't they're both compromised they're both for war they don't care about you and so what are they gonna do they're not gonna do anything for you so the problem is this, we need to get people more aware. So I'm thinking about running for public office and this will, this will be a big deal. Um, so I have to, I have to really think about this. A couple of people have been speaking to me on this, about this, where I could run and what I could run for. So I'm, I'm really going to have to think about this and I'm going to try to incorporate everybody into this. It won't be just Democrat or Republican. It's going to be for everybody because both sides are compromised. And we have to really start thinking about where we want to take the future. And I don't think it's on a grand scale because we have to start locally. So that's it for me. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Podbean. I'm going to start writing more on that. It's going to be on vocal.media uh, if they don't block me again for uh, not towing the, the line and the, the official narrative from mainstream medias. Um, so you can find me on all those spots. If I don't do another podcast, I'll be in Paris next week, so I'm probably not going to do a podcast. If that's the case, then uh, everybody have a good Christmas and a happy new year. This is Cafe American Podcast for uh, December 20th. This is Christian T. George.